What's up, every effing buddy? Welcome to CallCast, episode 9. I cannot believe I've done 9 of these things already. That is cool. Weekly, too. I haven't missed a week. I missed a Monday, didn't, didn't miss a week, though. So I'm at least proud of that. Okay, well, I got some new neighbors. So, have to rant. I just did a TikTok talking about these new neighbors, and my face is beat red. Because <laughs> I just got done, like, shouting at them. Uh, which I don't know if they heard me or not, but um, it is incredibly frustrating. What I didn't realize is that I've had one neighbor. She was single. She was a single person, and I had her for a whole year. And then she left. And now it's new people. Okay, I never realized how thin the walls actually were. Because she's a single person, I'm a single person, so we're mostly quiet. She didn't cause any noise. I hope I didn't cause too much noise for her doing whatever I do. But she leaves, and now this couple moves in with a dog. They might have kids, I don't know, but they have a dog at least. I can hear it barking. So it's getting into warmer climate, and I am leaving the windows open. I don't want to start running the AC just yet. I want to wait until at least like mid-June if I can, until it's really hot. So my windows are open, and at this apartment complex, you cannot smoke weed. You can't. It's not allowed. These neighbors, they go on their balcony. They smoke out of something, a joint, a bong, I don't know. And the wind blows it all into my apartment. So for almost a week now, they have stunk up my apartment just by them smoking, and they don't want to get their place stinky, so they smoke outside, and the wind blows it in mine, and I don't want to run the AC, and I don't want to close the windows. I'm not the one breaking the rules. So, like, come on. Come on. I, I complained to the landlords. They're like, yeah, we'll investigate it, whatever. It's still happening. It just happened today. So frustrating when somebody's breaking the rules and there's nothing I can do about it. I mean, stop smoking weed, please. Yeah, right. Like, that's going to do anything. So on top of that, the smell, they're breaking the rules. Their dog peed on their balcony, which just drips onto my balcony. And I'm like, no, no, sorry. That is not going to happen. I did complain about that, too. I don't want to have to be the neighbor that complains all the time, but I did. I, I complained about two things so far. And I'm working up a third. Your dog is not going to be pissing all over my balcony. Sorry. <laughs> no. And that uh, that only happened one time. So, But it's a little yapper. It's a little yapper. So also on top of that, they vacuum every day. They vacuum their hardwood floors. And it sounds like bowling balls. Like, I can't even focus on anything I'm doing or watching because there's this loud bass rolling across the whole ceiling up there. I cannot stand it. I mean, it really, really irks me. So I've pounded the ceiling a couple times, but that's not that's not going to do anything. That's just going to worsen it. But this could be a rough year living with these people. I really miss the other chick that was living up there beforehand. I took... Took her for granted, for sure. I just thought, oh, I mean, these walls are super thick and all that stuff. But no, I can literally hear them talking. They can probably hear me talking about them right now. Oh, well. Neighbors. I hate neighbors so much. I moved into this apartment complex so that I wouldn't have roommates. And neighbors are proving to be just as bad as roommates. <laughs> oh, the metallic. I mean, uh, the irony of it. Oh, Okay. Anyways, enough about that. 
I ranted for a little bit, and uh, thank you for listening, by the way. <laughs> uh, so the next topic that I have here, I wanted to tell you guys more about my family history because I really feel like I came out of the woodworks on social media. Nobody knows where I come from, who I am, what my family's like. Like, nobody knows. So I, I believe I did share a little bit in the first episode, maybe, of CallCast, where I talk about living in Oregon, going to Brazil, uh, going to Michigan, and then coming back to Oregon. And that's kind of been my life. So far, my life has been Oregon, Brazil, Oregon, Brazil, Oregon, Michigan, Chicago, Michigan, Oregon. That's been my life so far. So I've moved around a lot. I've probably lived in upwards of 10 different homes. I want to say 14 or 15 different homes, probably. So my dad is the youngest of three kids. He had two parents, obviously. His dad was a pastor for about 40 years, Pastor Paul Everett, who traveled the United States uh, for about 40 years preaching and doing ventriloquism, magic. He also had his own show called The Wally's World or Wally's World. And Pastor Paul Everett was a big influence in his own way before there was social media and, and, and so many channels on television. So sadly... In 1990, I believe it was, maybe 91, but I think it was 1990, my grandma passed away, uh, Pastor Paul Everett's wife. Uh, She was like 51 at the time. Like, not, I mean, you, she had so much life to live, and I never got to meet her. She died five years before I was born. Uh, My older brother was one or two by the time she was was dead. What was happening here in Salem, Oregon, there is a uh, uh, intersection. That I actually, when I worked at my job at McMinimins, I had to cross this intersection every time I went and came from work. And I would always think about it every time, every time I passed it. Uh, Market and 17th. That's, that's, I believe, where she died. But she was walking to get the morning newspaper. Maybe, maybe she was just walking to a convenience store. But she had left toast and coffee on her kitchen table because she was like in the middle of eating and she got up and she walked. And it's so insane to me that if she would have just stayed put even for three seconds, even for three more seconds, if she would have taken longer putting on her shoes, this wouldn't have happened. If she had taken a little bit longer putting on her jacket, this wouldn't have happened. But my grandma was in a crosswalk and somebody turning left tried to beat the light, they turned left and completely hit my grandma. She flew up in the air, and I don't think she died on impact, but it was pretty soon after that she was dead. So I have this mentor. His name is Phil Castaneda. He and I have a second YouTube channel together called the Salem Roundtable, where we interview people like uh, the mayor of Salem. We interviewed um, former strippers and former porn stars who have now accepted Christ and have started the XXX Church, which is like a church that dedicates their time and efforts to um, removing people from those industries, which is really interesting. Almost saving them. They're rescuing them as they see it. Yeah, I, I think so, too. So, Phil and I, I've known him since I was three. There was, he has a story where he picked me up one time when, he, when I was three, and he held me, and we just looked at each other's eyes. And he said, I had such like wonder and curiosity in my eyes. And I was three years old. And now to see he and I working on stuff together in social media, in film. uh, He's one of my biggest supporters and I absolutely love the guy. 
but he was working construction on a construction site with my dad at the time that my uh, grandma passed away. Phil said to me that he has never seen such a expression, such an expression of sorrow when he witnessed my dad get the call that his mom had died. My dad dropped to his knees and sobbed on this construction site. And Phil was actually supposed to drive my dad from Portland to Salem, but instead uh, somebody else ended up taking him. But Phil carries that story with him. He shared it with me, maybe on a podcast where where he witnessed my uh, dad find out about his mother's passing. And I think that was kind of the downfall of my grandpa. I think once his wife died, my grandpa was lost. He didn't know what to do. Six months after she died, he started dating another woman. So that's like... And that that was really upsetting to everybody at the time. I feel like my grandpa just needed somebody. And then my grandpa had a stroke, which resorted him to like infantile mindset. Where at birthday parties, he would like dig his fingers into the cake and we'd be like, okay, <laughs> like... We gotta hide the cake from Grandpa. <laughs> it was it was pretty bizarre. He, um, I know him as the man who had the stroke. The only the only time I really saw Grandpa, I mean, I saw him a, a lot. I saw him a lot, but I only witnessed him as the man who had had the stroke. I, I never got to witness Pastor Paul Everett. And then, unfortunately, the second stroke is what took him out. My family was in Brazil at the time. I remember my dad waking me up, crying, saying grandpa's grandpa's passed away in the night because of a second stroke. Uh, so those are my dad's parents, and unfortunately they're not with us anymore. And I never really got to see either my grandpa or my grandma in, in their prime and what they were as people. And that is something that really weighs on my dad, too. He really wishes uh, us grandkids could have witnessed and experienced the grandparents. So, the only grandparents that I've had really my entire life are my mom's parents. Bubby and Papa, we call them. Tom and Sammy. My grandpa, my papa, Tom, has been a welder for... Since he was 18. I I mean, he's 78, 79 right now. Uh, I think he's 79. He just retired, but he only retired because of COVID. That's it. He was like, ah. I mean, COVID took all the jobs away from him. As a welder, because you bounce from job to job. But if COVID wouldn't have happened, my papa would still be out there welding, you know. And he is an incredible welder. My papa used to sing. He's a great singer. He's hysterical. Honestly, he looks so much like Dick Van Dyke. I've always thought my papa looks so much like Dick Van Dyke. My bubby, on the other hand, is where I get a lot of my humor. I am serious, dude. The facial expressions that I have... Come straight from Bubby, I swear. I, I just don't... I don't witness my parents being able to make the same facial, facial expressions that I can. But my Bubby totally can. And it's... I, I swear I get it all from her. Not all of it, obviously. But my Bubby always reminds me of Martin Short. <laughs> I don't know why. But whenever I watch Martin Short in an interview or a talk show, I think of Bubby. And uh, I, I think they have a very, very similar cadence. So if you like Martin Short, I'm sure you'd love my grandma, Bubby. Sorry. Sorry. 
She she wanted to go by Bubby because she became a grandma at 37 years old, and she was like, I'm not going to be called grandma at 37. So, understandably, she went by Bubby, which I believe is Danish for grandma. So My Bubby used to be a nurse. She was a nurse for a very long time. And then she retired and has now, I mean, she loves dogs, dude. She can name just about every breed of dog that exists. She loves birds. She would take me bird watching all the time. And she knows dogs. She That has been kind of her life for the past 20 years is, uh, is her pets, is her dogs. I mean, she calls them her children, so understandably that is huge in her life. My mom is the fourth oldest, or I don't know how you say it, there's, she's the fourth in the lineup. There's five kids and there's, she's fourth, okay? I don't, how do you say that? She's the penultimate youngest, probably not. And she was born in a family of four boys, so it's my mom and four brothers. And those brothers were super rowdy, super rambunctious, they would get into trouble all the time. <laughs> my My uncles have tons of stories. But they definitely, they they are a family of humor, just like my dad's side of the family too. But it's two very different sides of humor that now converge into me. I almost have a plethora of humor laid out in front of me, the spectrum that I get to choose from. And it's all, it, you, you can thank my, my ancestors for it, honestly. My mom was a librarian for about 10 years, while my dad was a construction worker for about 12 years. They went to Western Baptist Bible College here in Salem, Oregon, which is now Corbin University. My younger brother just got his master's from that same university, and he just became a cop, so go him. Uh, But anyways, my mom was 20, my dad was 24 when they got married, right out of college. I don't even think they finished college, actually. (laughs) They decided to be missionaries. After they put in their tenure of librarian and construction worker, they were like, hey, we're going to be missionaries to Brazil. They had my older brother right away, and then six and a half years later, after trying several times, they eventually had me. And then the three younger ones are, like, right after me. But, yeah, that's kind of, like, how we all moved to Brazil. And I just wanted to show you a little bit. I just wanted to take a a step or two back and show you guys a little bit more about my family history, just because it's not very well known. So I felt the freedom to be able to share it with you guys here today. I (laughs) I got this comment recently. That was like, oh man, you're running out of good material on my on my social media. And it made me think because I was like, I don't think that's how creativity works. I don't think you run out of creativity. You can dampen or have lulls in your creativity, but creativity is not, it does not come to an end like that. So I just found that comment super ignorant as to what the creative process is like. Because it's not like I sit down and like think of things. Ideas just come to me and I make the video when the idea comes to me. So for him to imply that I'm squeezing the last of the creativity out of my tube of toothpaste or whatever is completely false. I got another comment like that too calling my stuff stale. My comedy is stale but the dude didn't even follow me. So like how does he even know what content I create? I post every day on two TikTok accounts. I actually have four account social media accounts that uh, monetize me and are monetizing me right now so that is a propellant propellant is that a word to um, continue forward with this social media and creativity because that is what I'm destined to do
I mean, I agree with the guy that my content creation is in a lull or being dampened right now by the state of mind that I'm in, but creativity is not a well that runs dry. Or if it is, there's always some way to fill that well back up. If you're a creatively inclined person, you won't be able to help yourself from having thoughts and having ideas and having new perceptions about everyday stuff. In fact, one thing that I've been really practicing recently is trying to consume more content. I watch a lot of podcasts, and that's not exactly what I mean. I mean watching fictional content on Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max, whatever. So that what I'm watching, the fictional creation that I'm watching, informs what I'm doing. Not that I'll copy it, but creativity informs creativity. So if I feel myself not really watching much other than podcasts or like documentaries, then I feel like I'm really not going to have many ideas and creativity. So I uh, content content consumption informs the content creation. And that's what I've found very, very interesting throughout this whole process. And like I said with my tattoo tour, I have this word tattooed on my arm called verite, which is more truthful filmmaking. And then you have artifice, which is more like your Star Trek, Star Wars, Jurassic Park type stuff. And I really do not gravitate towards artifice. I don't, but there are exceptions. There are exceptions, and I'm very strict about those exceptions, because there are just straight up some Marvel, Star Wars, Star Trek projects that I will not watch. And one series that I thought I was done with forever is Star Wars. I grew up on the trilogy and the prequels. I saw the whatever you want to call them, the later ones. And I don't even know what they're called. I saw them one time each in the theaters, and I hate them. I'm never going to watch them again. Yeah, uh, Force Awakens and, and that stuff. I'm just, I don't like it. I did see Rogue One. That was okay. But I remember about 10 years ago saying, I will not watch Star Wars again until I have kids and I can like show them this world. But I personally do not need to watch this series ever again. I've seen it. Multiple times. So many times. Except for the new ones, like I just said. But there is a series that just premiered that does have my attention. I am kind of sad to say, but it roped me back in and it honestly made me want to watch just the whole thing as I'm watching this series. And that series is Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think that's what it's called, right? I mean, that's his name. It is really interesting to watch this new series and piece together where they're coming from and where they're going. Because obviously I know, I've seen the prequels, I've seen the trilogy... Obi-Wan Kenobi is smack dab right in the middle. You have Luke and Leia at 10 years old. You have Jar Jar Binks as a dog. I'm just joking. That's not true. <laughs> I heard this series described as uh, Disney's Logan. <laughs> if you guys ever saw Logan and you, you know that it's Wolverine, but he's old and disgruntled and this is kind of his last leg. It's not exactly the same thing for Obi-Wan Kenobi, but it is kind of. But I mean, how many times have we seen where a character has left an organization and then they're coaxed back back in by that organization like 10 years later? We've seen it so many times and now it's happening again with with Obi-Wan. 
But they've only released two episodes, and uh, the cliffhanger on episode two made me sit upright in my seat and go, okay, I'm waiting for the next episode now. (laughs) So if you guys are a fan of Star Wars and haven't watched Obi-Wan Kenobi, you guys got to check it out. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comments, please. But I think I will go back and at least watch the trilogy. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to watch the prequels ever again. <laughs> like, maybe once I have kids, I can just watch them just to get through it as a chore. But, dude, I don't like the prequels, man. My favorite Star Wars is Empire Strikes Back. I don't know why. I just love the feel of it. For some reason, it has this, like, tight exciting feeling to it like the whole thing i'm entertained by the whole thing there are parts of every star wars that just bore the crap out of me i forgot even in obi-wan kenobi i'm like okay phone time you know it's just absolutely boring still i watched a video that somebody pointed out you don't get a legitimate war like all-out war until the end of episode two Whatever that one's called. Clone something. I don't even remember what they're called. <laughs> Episode 2 with Anakin and, and the person and then the other guy. And then you got the one guy with the bent lightsaber who's old who now died. <laughs> oh, and that's the first time you see Yoda fight is in that second episode too. Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones? Is that what it's called? Revenge of the Clones. Attack of the Sith. A Phantom Strikes Back. Alright. The Revenge of the Sith Awakens. <laughs> I just spilt all over my shirt. Don't care. But I am actually very excited to see where this Obi-Wan Kenobi goes. I have not seen Mandalorian. I don't plan on watching that. The Bad Batch is premiering. I don't care. I'm not going to watch that. And once Kenobi is done, I'm probably just going to stop there. Like, I don't know what they have next. I cannot believe that they brought Hayden Christensen back. That's his name, right? And that he's playing Vader. I mean, they always had Vader... Portrayed by like a seven foot one guy. (laughs) So Hayden Christensen is obviously going to have to wear lifts and look seven feet tall. He's a tall guy already. He's like six three. But I I legitimately cannot believe that they got him back. When I heard that he was coming back, I was like, what? And that's the extent of my reaction to it. And the fact that Obi-Wan Kenobi never has met Darth Vader until now in this series. He gets to meet him for the first time. Supposedly, I don't know. I'm just assuming that's going to happen in future episodes. But that was a thought that hadn't occurred to me. Ewan McGregor talked about it in an interview. He was like, yeah, this is the first time that I get to act with Darth Vader. And I was like, oh my gosh! He did three Star Wars movies and he never got to be with Vader. That is part of the reason those movies didn't work nearly as well, I feel like. It's because they just didn't have Vader. didn't have the original characters, obviously. I mean, you can't. In the story, you can't have those original characters there, so... But that just kind of dooms the series prequel trilogy from the start, in my mind. But I'm not the rest of the world, so okay. Uh, We finally get to see Obi-Wan fight hand-to-hand combat. We've never seen that before, just lightsaber stuff. But this was some actual freaking karate. (laughs) Like, it was... It was really impressive. I enjoyed watching it. But anyways, that's enough about Star Wars. I'm done nerding out. Uh, The next topic that I wanted to talk about is the trampoline. Does anybody have experience on a trampoline? Because that used to be kind of a household item. Like, if I went over to a friend's house and they didn't have a trampoline, I was like, (laughs) ah. And I have never, 
ever been on a trampoline that matched mine. We had a trampoline, and it is still my absolute favorite. I think because of how, I don't know what you call that, the netting, or the, you know, the, the base of the tramp, whatever it's called, that you bounce on, what do you call it? I'm just going to call it the netting until I, somebody corrects me in the comments. It had a lot of give to it, and there are some trampolines that I've been on that have too much give, and some tramps that have not nearly enough. But literally, I feel like Goldilocks with, you know, oh, this porridge is too hot. This is too cold. This is just right. My trampoline was just right. Honestly, okay, so we had a trampoline for the first 11 years of my life, and then we moved to Brazil and got a trampoline, like, way later. That wasn't nearly as good. I hardly went on it. But in those 11 years that we had the original trampoline, the original, I'm just saying that. I don't know why. My original trampoline. I became pretty good on it. Now, my my mom had rules on the trampoline. You couldn't do flips, which I ignored a couple of times. But whatever. Don't tell her. And she had very good reason to be weary of it. I was like, eh, nothing can happen on a trampoline, whatever. But no, I've actually witnessed some really scary instances on the trampoline. Uh, mostly one, but there was one close call. But one happened at summer camp in Brazil. In Brazil, there was a team of Americans called the Generation 360 who came to Brazil. And they came to our summer camp. And one of the Americans challenged me to go on the trampoline and like do some tricks. Now, my best trick on the trampoline is to bounce from my back to my belly and my back to my belly and keep going. Or I can do my back and flip and spin and, and do that and just stay bouncing on my back, but I'm spinning in the air. It's kind of interesting. Interesting. It's freaking awesome, honestly. But that's my best trick. Since I couldn't do like a front flip or a back flip, I could just do, you know, like side flips or whatever. Nothing that would hurt my neck or back. So I get off the trampoline, and this American gets on the trampoline. Now he's like six foot four, thin, lanky, muscular, whatever. He starts bouncing. <laughs> he tries to do my trick, bounce on his back. <laughs> it's not funny. I don't know why I'm laughing. It's not that funny. He lands on his shoulder blades. His knees hit him in the face, and he broke his back. He had to get on an emergency plane back to the States right away. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> oh, fat guy wins. Where's my prize? Dude, I mean, it's so awful. It's so terrible. But uh, he shouldn't have challenged the champ. Santa Corona de mi papi. So I was never actually hurt on the trampoline, but I saw I saw that dude get hurt. And I'm trying to think of the other. I saw some people whack their knees, whack their hands on the metal rods. Oh, I have hurt myself on a trampoline. That's right. I did. Okay, so there was this one time that I wanted to scare my friend. And I wanted to, we were on opposite ends of the trampoline. I said, hey, watch this. <laughs> So I bounce, but I wanted to bounce at him, and I wanted to stop just before him. I just wanted to scare him. But instead, I bounce, and I go, whoa! And I fly directly into him. Now, mind you, we have a net on this second trampoline, that one that was not so good. Because our first trampoline did not have a net for those 11 years. But this one did in Brazil for good reason. It knew I was going to lunge at this guy. And I tore my rotator cuff so hard. It's bizarre that 
I went flying at him, and I'm the one that got hurt when he should have been the one that got hurt because he was like 200 pounds less than me. But man, oh, dude, we tried like throwing baseballs afterwards, and I couldn't even do anything with this shoulder. So yes, okay, I apologize for lying. I have hurt myself on a trampoline before. But I haven't been on a trampoline in probably close to 10 years. So that's probably the appropriate time to end that topic. Next. My last and final topic that I want to talk about is uh, late night talk shows. And what they used to be and what they are now. Granted, I was not around in the era of Johnny Carson or really even David Letterman or Ferguson. And now these talk shows that we have now... Literally half or more than half of their audiences on YouTube, not TV. And I find that incredibly interesting. I used to be subscribed on YouTube to just about every single talk show that existed. I mean, you got the two Jimmys, Kimmel and Fallon. You got James Corden, Stephen Colbert, Graham Norton, uh, Ferguson I loved. Conan O'Brien is probably my favorite out of that bunch. And, you know, I'm really, really happy that David ended his show when he did. And that he didn't bring his persona into this next era. Oh, Jay Leno is one of them, too. But this era changed so much when Trump became president. Every single episode, every monologue, five times a week, was about Trump. They never deviated. For four years they did this. Every show, every monologue was about Trump. And I literally resent that fact so much. Not because of my political standpoints. I was not that attached to Trump at the time. I just knew that when Trump became president, I would hear his name every day for four years. And I did. And a huge part to blame is these talk show hosts. I unsubscribed to all of them on YouTube. I was like, dude, I'm not watching your show if you just make it political. Make me laugh. That is your job. You are not the news. And every talk show host saw themselves as a newscaster. And I can't watch their stuff now. Even though Trump is out of office and, you know, they're not going to nearly attack Biden as much as, as Trump... I don't care. What they did for those four years completely turned me off to the talk show format. They should have absolutely kept politics out of it completely and just made people laugh when they needed to laugh. Let the news be the news, dude. It's the same thing with Saturday Night Live. I didn't talk about my full thoughts on Saturday Night Live last week, but I'm kind of conjoining the two because SNL became so political where it was just Trump and Biden every episode, Hillary Clinton every episode, and my mind goes, stop giving us so much of the real world. I don't care if you're parodying it. I don't care if you're spoofing it. Give us comedy. Give give us something that we don't already hear about so much in the news, so much in in the social media. I just became so enraged and bitter towards SNL and talk shows for their behavior. And I feel like that changed the format forever to where they're... The, why, why would you go back to Carson, to David Letterman? Which I'm not even saying that I fully know what their monologues were about back in those years. But I highly doubt that they were that saturated with politics in their shows. 
that's not what their show is represented. So I've, I'm very, very disappointed in late night shows. It's just not the same, and I implore them to change their format back to what it used to be or, or figure out something new that addresses more comedy than politics, dude. But anyways, I started with a rant, and I ended with a rant, so I'm going to end this episode here. Thank you guys so much for listening to my callcast. Uh, episode 10 next week. Peace out, guys.